Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, we've got a great show on because parent loss is such a big issue for so many people that are listening to our show and watching. And we've got a great person on today who's got some fabulous things to say about parent loss and finding joy and happiness in general. So Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? I'd love to, Mom. And like you said, we are going to talk today about believing in yourself after the death of a parent. And we're here with Marquis Small, who lost his mother, and his mother was his go-to person. She was his spiritual guide, and it's very difficult now without her, and he'll tell us more about that. And Marquis is also an award-winning educator, coach, screenwriter, director, and producer, and he works with Classroom Inc. Welcome to the show, Marquis. Hey, hi, guys. Hey, Marquis. Great to have you on today. Well, Marquis, uh, you grew up in Brooklyn in a kind of a tough neighborhood, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in Bed Stuy, Brooklyn in the 80s. Mm -hmm, More mm -hmm. like, yeah, the end of the 70s to the 80s, yeah. And so, you, and so you really had your mom there? Oh, my mom was 17 when she had me. Wow. So, you know, we grew up together. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And, and, and she kept you out of trouble? Well, she tried. But, you know, it was always like those tough conversations that you had to have with your mom when it was like, oh, I got caught. <laughs> you know, like being kids, you know, just being kids. And, right. Um, but right. that was the thing. She would always have the conversation with me. Like it wasn't like, you know, a, a constant, you know, yell fest or it wasn't like it was really her way of trying to understand me as a, as a boy because she was a woman, you know. Yeah. So you didn't have a dad around. Well, my dad was in jail for my first 12 years. Wow. Life, yeah, he um got in like he got into some trouble um right right around the time that uh, I was born and um I didn't really get a chance to develop a relationship with him until I was 12 years old. Wow. wow. So it sounds like growing up it was just you and your mom and it sounds like what you're saying is that she really allowed you to have to open up communication with her and talk to her and she wanted to understand what you were going through as a young boy in Bed-Stuy. Is that true? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. and again, like, I think, you know, especially we know the history of, you know, neighborhoods like Bed-Stuy in, in the 80s and, yeah. um, you know, with all the things that we were dealing with back then. And she just really wanted to make sure I understood what I was seeing and what was, you know, and I had a, and I had an outlet to share with her what, what I saw, not necessarily her telling me what to see or, or, or even listening to the news and paying attention to what they were trying to tell you to make it seem like, like she really was always like, you have to stay open to people and you always have to stay open to their experience because you don't know how or what they've gone through before that moment you actually met them. Like, and you don't really know. So like, don't rush to judgment and don't really, um, you know, think you know a person until you really know a person. Mm -hmm. So she would teach me stuff like that. Wow, she must have been proud of you when you graduated from Brooklyn Technical High School. I mean, that is <laughs> well, that's serious stuff, Brooklyn Tech. Okay, that's yeah. uh, I'm not playing around at that school. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, again, like it was the '80s, and you know, yeah. um, my I actually the funny story is I didn't want to go to Tech. 
My, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to go to the local high school with all of my boy, my buddies from Marcy Projects and just yeah. kind of just hang and be chill like we always are. And um, I skipped the test on purpose. And so my mom <laughs> found out I, I missed, cause she was waiting for the results. She was like, yeah, like where, do you, where are your Brooklyn Tech results? And I'm like, uh, 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 you know, just kind of always giving her the runaround. And then um, she finally finds out I missed the test. So she takes me into my counselor at um, my middle school. And I think they point us to the counselor at Tech and we go to meet with them and she asks them, she begs them. She's like, is there any way my son can take this test? Because I basically missed it. And yeah. the guy was like, no, there really isn't. And she really like looked at me and then she looked at him and she was like, please tell me, is there any way, any possible way like that my son could take this test? And he said, well, you know, there are certain exceptions, you know, for the Jewish children that, you know, need to take it on a certain day. Cause like, I guess they, at that point they were worshiping on the day we had the test. So it was like, they had one more date coming up and he let me take it with the Jewish kids, which was dope. Um, <laughs> well, that's a lot about your mom that she was able to change his mind. And she was a fighter. Like, that's I remember third grade, they tried to put me in special ed. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they said that I was so smart, I, I, I had the potential to be a criminal mastermind. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's I, I was going to school in Queens at that point. We had moved to Queens, the Corona Queens. We only stayed out there for one year. And then I went back to Bed-Stuy because like, like she was so mad when they tried to tell her that they wanted to classify me um, when I was already in the top class and one of the smartest students. So how many years has it been since your mom died? Uh, 2016. So I guess this is now going on four years, but it still feels like yesterday. So yeah, talk about that because, you know, as I said, there's so many people, uh, people don't realize that having adult parents is really can be a tough loss. Well, yeah, like I, it's so horrific when you lose the person who brought you into this world, like on both sides, whether you had a great relationship with them or not, or, you know, that's the one person that you're directly connected to no matter what you know, those two people that actually helped conceive you. And so that's a different type of thing, I think. You know I mean? I, I think it's a different type of mourning as well. I think, you know, we sometimes just kind of get through things because that's what we're about. Like we, we keep it moving people. Like that's what everybody does these days, especially like as fast paced as it is, people don't really take the time to accurately mourn and truly think and reflect on the greatness that they had with that person you know, no matter what the moments were. How did you deal with it and what's helped you? Your life has pretty much been designed with your parents. Like, right. especially if you, especially if you're close, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they raised you and you really truly had a great relationship with them when they were older as well. Cause you know, there's also, you know, people who sometimes they disagree with their parents and that's fine too. But you still, to me, have to always remember those moments that you smiled together, that mm-hmm. you hugged, you know what I mean? Like, that they told you they were proud of you, you know, like that they told you they loved you. Like you could choose to focus on that stuff. At least that's what I choose to do. Like I don't really focus on the negativity or anything that people would classify as negative around the experience I had as a kid or especially with my mother. So that's what really helped me move forward um, and just continue to strive to do good things. What kind of support did you get after your mother died? Well, again, I think it was just people who, I, I, like people who knew me and have known me since high school, pretty much since Brooklyn Tech and through college at Penn State, um, they knew my mom too. So they've always known how close we were and 
there was no way um, for them to not like have some kind of, cause they've had moments. My mom used to take my friends in Marcy projects to the Yankee games, like take all of us, like eight, nine, 10 of us. And she'd be the one parent, like taking us to the Bronx from Brooklyn to go to the Yankee game on bat day. So we could get free bats, you know, like that was the type of mom my mom was. And so um, people knew her and people respected her and people loved her. It's just, you know, over time, you know, we all um, eventually moved out of the community. And then, you know, as we stayed close as a family, but at the same time, my mom wound up moving to Los Angeles um, mm -hmm. towards the end of her life. So she was actually in LA um, by the time she passed. Ah, so so you did lose some community to help you. Who who was there to support you then? I mean, that's well, a big gap. Oh, oh, people like Jamal Joseph, Warrington Hudlin, um, Kumara Thompson, um, our um, leader at Classroom Inc. that we work with. Um, we've known each other for a long time. Um, they've been very supportive in just helping me, you know, maintain focus on the things that I knew that I set out to do with my mom. Like, like, my mom was my initial, you know, consigliere at first, you know, so she would give me her advice on creative endeavors I wanted to pursue as well as, you know, being a teacher. And um, she had a creative writing de degree. So when it came to me learning how to write, I would call on her a lot um, for her critiques, her edits, like she would look at my work and, you know, give me feedback. And that was also, I think, part of what I also lost as I was continuing to write, you know, um, and try to get film projects made um, and TV projects made. Um, you know, I kind of lost that um, that trust, you know, and and what I knew she understood about what I was doing with my work. So, so she helped you to create. Are you back fully in your creativity? Yes, I. You know, again, I owe a lot to her because she was the one who really made me think like I was really an athlete growing up like I loved sports like sports was my thing I would play any game basketball baseball football hockey she would help me just understand that you know I needed to read more I needed to write more express myself be able to understand where we came from so that we could tell our stories and she would constantly stress that to me but I was like all right I'm gonna play baseball <laughs> you know, like, so it wasn't until I got to be a teacher that you know I was forced one year due to budget cuts. I was a math teacher at the time and I was teaching eighth grade. And so um, I was forced to teach writing that year because they had to get rid of like all the writing teachers or they just had to consolidate it to make the home teachers teach writing. And so during that year, I worked with the students to create some real imaginative stuff. And that's what led like the superintendent and my principal and people to start taking notice. And it really like led me back to this conversation I had with, a, uh, with my mom at one point where she was just like, uh, why don't you write more? And I was like, because um, I play sports. <laughs> She's like, well, how, why don't you think about writing, you know, your sports stories? And, and so it just really, like, led me to like, okay, this is something I want to do. Do you have any projects connected with your mom? Do you have anything about her life that you're thinking about? Or have you oh, man. that whole area? Yeah. Um, one is a film mm -hmm. called, called Mama's Boy that, uh, shows the intricacies of our relationship as a young as a young mother and a young boy in Brooklyn during that time period. I'm really excited about the project because um, it really does highlight the a relationship that I know I haven't really seen on TV or or in the movie um, between a mother and a black son. So, and it's probably something that a lot of other 
black sons and mothers can identify with. Yeah, I, I would think, you know. Sons in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think sons okay. in general. That's where I'm coming from with this story in that she was a mom and she was 18, 19, 20. She was a trooper. Even when she was pregnant with me, my mom forced her way back into school. Because during that time, according to her, um, like they had a problem with women being pregnant and coming to like the regular school. So yeah. they wanted her to do like a separate program, but she was close to graduating. So she was, she like found some way to make them allow her to come and finish. <laughs> Cause I was, again, I was a March baby. So there was only a few months left and it was her senior year. I wanted to mention three things that you've got on your site. One is spread love all over the world, believe in yourself and achieve your dreams. Yeah. How can people find you? Ashwin Mank you could find at um, rtlgames.org. Um, R as in Robert, T as in Tom, L as in learning, um, games.org. And that's Classroom Inc. Um, that's our read to lead suite where we teach kids about how to not only read better, but also to develop their leadership skills as they play the role of the boss, um, either at a magazine, a community center, or a hospital um, where they're making decisions for everyone and working with the staff and managing a staff and having fun that way while reading. Then for me, I think the best way now is um, Instagram. Um, my handle is my last name, which is Smalls, S-M-A-L-L-S dot um, Marquise, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. And you can find me there on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook too, but I think I'm getting close to my friend limit. So um. <laughs> <laughs> don't friend you. <laughs> right, right, like, unless we actually meet. Like if we actually meet, I still have room. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. You're great. And your mother uh, has done a great job with you. You're thank an you. awesome man. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. You both were great. Marquis, thank you so much for all you're doing for the disenfranchised youth in America and for everything you're doing in your mom's name. I know she's so proud of you. And I know that she continues to be your guiding light. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, everybody, for being involved with the show today, and Heidi and I, and I'm sure Marquise, want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.